0: Welcome, fellow wanderer, to the Wanderlust Enabled podcast, presented by Resetting Joy, your go-to life and travel coaching company. I'm your host, Cheryl Burke, founder of Resetting Joy and self-proclaimed Wanderlust Enabler. This podcast is dedicated to sharing information and inspiration to fuel your wanderlust and inspire you to embark on your greatest adventures yet. In this little audio oasis, we're all about real talk, boosting confidence, and having fun to help you soak up every life-changing aspect of travel. Ready to take off on this adventure with me? Let's get started. Welcome, fellow wanderer. Today, I thought we would talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, traveling as an introvert. Because as often as I might be in your ears, telling you all the things about travel and going to foreign and wonderful places. I am a hardcore introvert. True story. Now the deal about being an introvert for those of you who aren't one, um, is that you, it's, it's, it's really all about how you get your energy. Um, introverts Get gain their energy by rest and sleep and downtime. Whereas extroverts gain their energy by interaction and other people. Neither is better or worse. They just both are. So introverts are not antisocial or shy necessarily. In fact, they can hundred percent be the loudest person in a room. They're just not the loudest person in every room or all the time. So Traveling can be a challenge for an introvert because it's very people-y out there, and we know this. So, because it's very people-y out there, out in the world, outside of our out of our walls and our outside of our house. Um, it does mean that there's a lot of peopling, like you have to interact with a lot of people. There are, you know, if you fly, you're dealing with all the people at the airport in terms of the staff, you're dealing with the other travelers, you're dealing with the security, you're dealing with people at hotels, you're dealing with people at restaurants, you're dealing with other travelers who are at the same attractions as you. There's a lot of people. So that can be, there's some challenges in that. Um, most of traveling and life in general is built for introvert or rather <laughs> most of traveling and life in general is built for extroverts. And a lot of introverts feel like we need to be more like them. But we're not like them. We're just built differently. And that's okay so what that means is there are not very many quiet spaces built into attractions there are not very there's not very much downtime built into your standard tour itinerary like if you're going on a big tour a big bus tour or something like that there's not a lot of downtime there built in because even if it's transportation time maybe there's still 50 people on a bus and that's a lot of people and a lot of energy and it can be a little trickier To manage for an introvert. So we need rest and time away. And because we need that, sometimes we can feel like we're missing out. But here's the thing that I'm going to pose to you after several decades of intense research. By that, I mean, I travel a lot and I think about things. We're not actually missing out because without the rest and the downtime, we can't process what's going on as fully. And we can't really fully enjoy what we are seeing and doing. At least I can't. I'll speak for me. And hopefully this is helpful for some other introverts out there or for extroverts who travel with introverts. So the other thing that we don't dig are surface level and impersonal kinds of things. And bigger tours and things like that can be a problem. And that that may be why a lot of introverts choose not to travel that way. However, you can absolutely craft your trips so that you can minimize some of those very crowded, very touristy, very Instagram famous places and focus more on deeper conversations with people and finding people you have something in common with. Even something as simple as just learning a little bit of the language, wherever you're going, if assuming you're going out of your, your home country and to a place that speaks a different language than you do, if you learn a little bit of the language, you you that's a way of inviting people in. That's a way of going deeper already. Um, and since you like to go deep with people and subjects, you probably know more about a place you're visiting for the first time than maybe other people would because you've done the research because you kind of want to know what to expect. And you can do a fair bit of research quietly at home. Another thing that's actually becoming fantastic for introverts is that more and more public transportation systems have machines available where you can buy your tickets in English and friends, there's some kind soul who has put on YouTube in the last three years, a video that shows you how to use that machine in English. So we're all, we're, we're uniting the introverts are uniting. So what this means is you don't have to try to negotiate with people for tickets and try to figure out which tickets you need you've actually watched it ahead of time. And now you're like, oh yeah, here's the machine. They said, click this. You press the union jack. By the way, you press the British flag. They don't put American flags on these. They put British flags on these. So pay attention. Uh, Push that little button. Everything will all of a sudden be in English. And then you just do what you need to do. You can use your own credit card. You can use your own thing. You can hold on to your tickets. Everything's fine. Another thing that's great for introverts is we can take our downtime in cafes like outdoor cafes spots along the side of the road spots along the side of the river get a cup of coffee have a glass of wine bring a book bring a notebook bring a friend and just really soak up what's happening just really become a part of what's going on there um Again, most of what I do is geared around being in Europe. Uh, that's where my expertise lies. And so this is a huge part of the European culture, but it's actually a fairly large part of the culture in lots of other countries. And if you bring your journal or your book, you look super cool and very deep. Maybe you're writing the next great novel. Who knows? No, Nobody knows what you're writing in your journal. Go have fun with it. The other thing is that introverts are fairly good at blending in. And sometimes we can feel like, well, I'm blending, nobody's seeing me like I'm invisible, but it's actually your superpower when you're traveling. As you're not invisible, people 100% see you. Um, But when you're good at blending in and you're comfortable blending in, what that means is you're actually having a more authentic experience. Somebody whose of their, their, their language, by the way, Americans speak so loudly. So if you want to blend in, shush, shush, but people who are speaking loudly, people who have got, you know, baseball caps on people who are wearing like their, their college sweatshirts or their, um, their favorite baseball team and everything, those folks stand out. They're really obvious and they're really obviously Americans. And if that's your deal, go ahead. I'm just going to say, when you blend in, and you dress a little bit more like a local and you act a little bit more like a local, you have a more authentic experience. Locals will um, be actively willing to help you. When you say, I'd really love to find a place that's off the beaten path, the locals will likely give you, person who is blending in, information on their favorite local haunts because they're pretty sure you can behave. As introverts, we walk through the world differently but it can give us a deeper experience a richer experience a more authentic experience you can sort of you can feel like a local and when you walk down those side streets a block two blocks three blocks off the big main thoroughfare that has the same shops in every city by the way um you walk a few blocks off of those you find better restaurants better food better prices people who are much more willing to engage with you. And I personally feel that that's a better experience. We're also observers. I mean, we are world-class observers, folks. We see all the things, which is cool. Um, And if you're an extrovert and you didn't know that about us, you're welcome because now you know. So observe the Go watch, watch how things work. Um, watch how people interact with one another at cafes. Watch how people manage themselves on public transportation. Watch how people move through public spaces. One, it's interesting. And two, now you know how to blend in even better. So there are ways to, if you feel overwhelmed in any capacity and i'm going to suggest that no matter if you are an introvert or an extrovert you're probably going to feel a little overwhelmed when you travel overseas because you are fully out of your comfort zone you're just you're in a place where you really don't understand all the intricacies um and that's okay i would suggest that's the reason to go go learn something new go meet new people go find new ways for people that people do things um Take home what works for you. Be inspired by what people are doing. Just enjoy it. Really, really soak it all in. But if you need the downtime or if you need to have some quiet, there are lots of ways you can do this. Um, Earbuds, we know this. You don't need me to tell you this, but earbuds are great. Books are great on flights and public transportation. Generally speaking, people are not going to talk to you. If you have got your earbuds in or you've got your face in a book they're really not going to talk to you. You could have some, some quiet that way. If you're traveling with others, sleep on the trains. I would suggest that you take trains as often as you can for transportation. As long as it makes sense with your, your itinerary, you're going city center to city center. It actually is lots less time and it's usually less expensive than blights. Um, Or even if it's the same, you don't have to get yourself out to an airport and back. So I'd suggest that, but sleep on those trains. If you need the sleep, do it. If you're traveling by yourself, that varies country by country, and your personal comfort level is obviously going to going to be a, a, an issue or not not an issue, but a consideration. Um, but I will tell you, when I travel with other people, I am out pretty much the whole time on a train. <laughs> I may be the person in charge of the trip, and I just say, "Wake me when we get to Naples," and they do. And then I take over and I make all the things happen. So if you need to take the rest that you need in your room, in a cafe, in a quiet corner of a museum, while other people do things, it's okay if everybody works at their own speed. Have this conversation before you leave. Everybody can work at their own speed. Obviously, the children need to be managed. But if there's more than one adult or there are only adults, it's totally fine to split up and say, Shh, I need my downtime. Please go over here for an hour and go do this thing. Or everybody's really excited about doing something that you're like, that sounds awesome for you. Like, that's great for you. I want you to go do that. That sounds amazing. It's not my thing. I think I'm going to take a nap. I think I'm going to go to the cafe. I think I'm going to go wander around this museum. And what that means is everybody has their own experience and you come back with stories and you have deeper conversations because now you've each experienced life in that place in a different way. And when you come back with your stories, you can understand life in that place in a richer way, in a deeper way. Another thing I would suggest that you do, none of you are gonna be surprised to hear me say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway, back with precision. And what I mean by that is Pay really close attention to not only what you pack, but how you do it. It gives you fewer decisions and less to manage. So, you know what you have in your bag. You've already figured out what outfits go together. You know that. But more importantly, not more importantly, just as importantly, you know where everything goes in your bag. And by having that figured out, you don't have to spend brain power unpacking. And that brain power is going to be necessary as you are dealing with all the people and all of the different. So if you can pack with precision and know like, okay, this is where my shoes goes, this is where my shirts go. This is where, you know, that kit goes, this like whatever you have. Um, Not only do you have everything, you don't forget anything. You don't have to stress over the fact that you left your favorite pair of shoes somewhere. Um, But you don't really have to think through it all every time. Especially if you're moving cities more than once or twice. and with a longer trip, I'd encourage you to move every three or four days. Um that seems to be a, a sweet spot for people is to move every three or four days. That's enough time to get in and really understand a place, um or mostly understand a place um, and then go on and and learn something new about some somewhere else. So that basically what I'm talking about with the, with the packing and with some other things is just, just to make sure that you're comfortable by controlling what you can control. So if you get cold easily, make sure you bring a scarf for the plane. If you are not digging, um, I don't know, the pillowcases that you usually get at a hotel, bring your own, um, whatever it is you need to do, bring it so that you can be comfortable. Bring the smallest version of it that you can, because the less you have to carry, the less you you have to manage, the easier it's all going to be for you. But it's okay to anticipate your comfort needs and to pack accordingly. Don't let me me get in your head, making you think you're only allowed to bring three outfits and you have to wear them over and over and over again for three weeks. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Pack smart, pack with precision, but bring what you need. Um, the other thing that's really important, especially for introverts is to set yourself up for great sleep. People generally do not sleep well their first night in a new bed. And if you're moving every three or four days, that's a lot of new beds. So what do you need? Uh, do you need a sleep mask? Do you need earplugs? Do you need some kind of noise canceling or white noise machine? Do you make sure you have your comfy pajamas? Do you need like a melatonin? Like, what do you need to set yourself up? bring your own snacks, bring your own tea. In, in Europe, you're probably not going to get a coffee machine, but you're probably going to get a kettle. Um, so bring tea. If you want coffee in the morning, that's fine. Go out and get it. But you can bring it like a chamomile or something in the evening, something to help you sort of center yourself and ground yourself. This, you want to make sure that you practice advocating for yourself which both helps your travel partners learn your boundaries better, especially if you uh, haven't traveled before or maybe you're in a new relationship, advocate for yourself so that they can learn your boundaries better. But it also helps you learn what your non-negotiables are. If you're working on boundaries or you're changing some things in your life um, or you just want to be great at holding your boundaries um, and maybe it's hard to do that at work, Well, you're on vacation, let's practice. Let's really hold those boundaries. Um, That gives you the physical and mental and emotional space, specifically the mental and emotional space to get out of a trip what you need out of it. Trust me, you're going to be far more in touch with what your needs are when you are far from home than you are during your everyday because you're having to figure all of them out. So that's why I'm asking you to anticipate what some of them might be your basic needs, your sleep, your food, that kind of thing, so that you can get as much out of it. What kind of and talk while you're planning your trips, what kind of downtime does everybody need? Every time we go somewhere, at least at least once or twice, my husband is excited about going off and, and seeing something that sounds amazing for him that I generally have no interest in. I'm like, That's cool for you, but I'm just, we're different people. I just don't want to do that. So he goes and does that and I go to a cafe or I take a nap or, you know, whatever seems to make the most sense for me. And we both have lovely trips. It's fine. So while you're gone, enjoy that those days stretch on and on and on because there's so much new. And as an introvert, you're going to be absorbing all of that and observing all of that and enjoying all of that as you blend in. But make sure that you have that rest because all of those great observations make for great late night conversation or dinner conversation. And a lot of times that helps us sleep better because we've sort of processed it even before we go to sleep. So if you need to sleep late, if you need to turn in early, if you need to say, please go off to that big crowded thing that everybody's all excited about, I'm not coming. So do do what you need to do there. You can truly enjoy traveling as an introvert. And I do. And I encourage everybody else to as well, obviously. And all you need to do in order to really enjoy it is to just think ahead a little bit, just a little bit and make your needs known. So my fellow wanderer, I wish you fascinating observations and interesting conversations and just the right amount of downtime on your next trip. Thanks for listening to the Wanderlust Enabled podcast. I'm your host, Cheryl Burke. I hope you got some inspiration and practical tips that will help you improve your life and your travels. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. As always, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at ResettingJoy or on my website, resettingjoy.com. Until next week, I wish you fresh outlooks and grand adventures abroad or even in your hometown.